Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk to Zach Benson of the Winnipeg Ice. They're going to be playing the Western Hockey League Championship Series downtown Winnipeg. How does the lottery pick feel about that? And also, we're going to talk to Ed Tate, a full rookie camp slash training camp preview coming up on the podcast. Now, we told you last night on the show, Winnipeg Ice are going to be playing downtown this weekend as they've made the decision to move the WHL Championship Series to Canada Life Center. Friday and Saturday tickets are on sale right now. You can get tickets. And there's going to be a lot of NHL draft picks on display in this series. Getting underway Friday night. And now they do know who their opponent will be. The Seattle Thunderbirds finally finished off Kamloops last night. So it will be Seattle paying a visit. And Winnipeg, they've been chilling after... Finishing off the Saskatoon Blades last Wednesday, they've been waiting to see who they'd be facing, and now they know it's Seattle. And yes, so many draft picks, but one of the players that'll be involved in the series who has not been drafted is Zach Benson from Chilliwack, BC, into his third season now at the ice. He turns 18 on Friday. Yes, he turns 18 the same night as game one, and is coming off a really strong season 98 points in 60 games, finished third in the league in points. Behind, uh, well, just a wee back of a guy named Connor Bedard. And I had the chance to catch up with Zach earlier today. I started by asking him about the fact that they finally know who their opponent is after almost a week of waiting. And if that makes it easier to prepare for the finals. Um, yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, I mean, now we get to watch some video on them and uh, kind of learn uh, what they like to do and uh, what their strengths and weaknesses are. So, um, yeah, I guess you could say it kind of makes it easier. And what's your, I guess, simple scouting scouting report on Seattle and what they do well? Um, yeah, they're an elite team. They got uh, a lot of depth and depth scoring. So, um, you know, we're going to have to use uh, every line. And um, every time you go out there, you got to compete. So you've been off since Wednesday of last week. In terms of games, you've obviously been skating since then. But that long of a layoff, does that help or hurt your team, do you think? Um, I don't think it really affects our team too much. Um, you know, we've been doing, um, you know, like kind of just inner scrimmages stuff. So, um, we're keeping our game, game legs ready and, uh, you know, keeping in game shape. So I don't think it will affect us too much. So between now and Friday, then just a, a lot of practicing, what's the, the game plan here to get ready for Seattle? Yeah. Um, lots of video, um, practices. Um, I think the first, kind of half of the week, just high-intensity practices and uh, get ready for Seattle. You're from BC. Were you maybe hoping Kamloops would win so you could get family to your road games, or no, does that really matter? Um, that doesn't really matter. I mean, um, my family's uh, pretty into it, so I'm sure they'll they'll make the trip down to Seattle. How far a trip is that for them? Uh, I'd say about three hours, four hours. That's not too bad. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's obviously a lot longer for you to get there from Winnipeg. So uh, looking at the, yeah. your your playoffs as a whole, you, you missed a few games at the start, but how would you categorize how you've played this postseason? Um, yeah, I think the first couple of games, first few games, you know, I'm just trying to get my, my legs under me and trying to get up to game speed again. But uh, I think the last series I played, uh, you know, pretty well. And, um, you know, obviously we got the, the win so um you know everyone's happy and feeling good going into the next round here 
How good did it feel after what happened last year? You lose in the East final to make amends this year in, in winning the conference final, getting to the WHL championship series. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, you know, it's a lot better feeling this year than um, last year, obviously losing. So, um, you know, we, uh, we hope to get one more here and um, we'll see how it goes. Will it be some adjustment getting all of a sudden a different arena as your home ice for the biggest series of the year? Uh, yeah, obviously um, the Wayne Fleming's a little bit wider, but um, I don't think it will affect our team too much. Um, you know, they're in the same boat too. They haven't played in the, the Canada Life Center this year either. So, um, you know, both teams are in the same boat and, um, you know, you still got to be the better hockey team to come up with the win. When you heard that you'd be playing there, what was your reaction? Uh, yeah, I think our whole group was pretty pretty excited. Um, you know, we hope to get a good crowd, and um, it should be a great atmosphere. So this next little stretch for you is obviously pretty big because the draft is coming up too. Did you pay attention to the draft lottery last night, or it doesn't really matter to you? You're going to get picked by whoever picks you. Yeah, I didn't really, I actually didn't watch it, but uh, I saw the results after and um, yeah, I'm not really worried about that. I'm kind of just focused on, uh, you know, finishing uh, our business here. Now, Friday is the game one of this series. It's also your 18th birthday. Uh, I guess no better way to celebrate than with a W, right? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's the birthday wish. So uh, hopefully we can uh, make that come to uh, fruition. I, I'm guessing it's tough to have a, like a big party though during the championship series, right? Are you going to wait till after it's all done to, to maybe celebrate? What's the plan? Uh, yeah, my family's going to be here, so I'm sure we'll go out for dinner. Um, but uh, definitely no partying. Um, you know, we're we're here to win win a championship, so um, probably no party at all. But uh, I'll get to see my family at least. Sounds good. Uh, well, Zach, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks very much for this, and uh, best of luck in the championship series here. And if you win that one at the Memorial Cup in Kamloops. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Well, let us now turn to football as Blue Bomber Rookie Camp opens tomorrow. A lot of players will be in town hoping to make an impact, and covering it all for BlueBombers.com is our friend Ed Tate. Ed, how does it feel to be back on talking about football again? It feels right, Christian. It just feels right. So for you, how many uh, camps now is this for you? Oh, boy. I need an abacus to add it up. <laughs> um, started in 1990, um, took a, five years off to cover the Jets. So whatever the math works out there, uh, you know. I'm, Close again, to 30. Said, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that sounds a little right. And for you, the, I, I know talking to Bob Irving, yep. legendary broadcaster, he was always of the mind of, yeah, football is great, but... Training camp can be a bit of a drag. How do you feel about it, covering it? Well, yeah, it's interesting. The first few days are always fun for me. It's just sort of the excitement of being back. Um, and then, it, you know, you get into next week and it starts to look the same, so to speak. But the one thing about the CFL is that camps are short, the preseason games come quickly, and then you're right into it. I couldn't do and one of those NFL stretches where they have, uh, you know, off-season workouts and then this camp and that camp all before they even get to the main camp, and that seems to take forever. So thankfully the CFL does things in a fast manner, and that, that works me. People with short attention spans seem to like that. And the rookie camp that starts tomorrow, there's a good chance that most of the players tomorrow 
that are attending won't be on the roster come opening day. However, is there a more optimistic time to be at a, a camp than you are covering a rookie camp where you got all these fresh faces hoping to make an impact? Well, there are a lot of guys here, Christian. You're right, it, you know, and and especially in rookie camp, everybody gets excited, and you know some of the rookies are standing out, and they, you know, if they think they've got the team made, and then the veterans report on Sunday, and the whole dynamic changes. Um, it's interesting, though. This is a good football team, and it was last year. And a guy like Dalton Schoen came out of rookie camp, and not only made the team, as everybody knows, he was the top rookie in the uh, in the whole league. And a couple years before that, it was. You know, a couple guys, Dietrich Nichols and DeAndre Alford, who's now in the NFL. So, um, you know, there are a lot of bodies here, but there always seems to be one or two jewels that the scouting staff finds that have uh, instant success. And and so, uh, yeah, it, you know, you're right. By Friday, some of these guys will be on the way out of Winnipeg already. But uh, if they can find, you know, a dozen guys that get to the main camp and, and shine, then you're going to need those guys as the season goes along because of uh, injury. Lots of guys get put on the practice roster right away and by mid-season or end of season are regular starters. So that's just the way this league works. What And, and for the Blue Bombers, obviously, a rookie camp is maybe a different situation than some of the other teams just because they are a good team. They are fully stocked with veterans it's hard to make an impact on a team when there's so many people that already have jobs, right? Absolutely. You make a great point. Um, you know, you look at this team and the continuity from one year to the next, you know, like uh, basically Casey sales has left for uh, Hamilton and free agency, but then you get a guy like Kenny Lawler back. They bring in Sergio Castillo with kickers. So, you know, there, there's always going to be changes, but when you're replacing players with, you know, proven CFLers, uh, it makes a big difference. It, you know, a lot of the fights in this year's training camp will be for depth jobs or special teams jobs. There are a few starting positions open, like I said, with Casey Sales leaving and Mark Leggio is going to get pushed as a as the kicker. Um, but you know, it, it's just funny how things unfold sometimes, and something that's not necessarily a storyline right now becomes one as camp goes on. You know, people get lost unfortunately for the season due to injury and then you know guys seem older guys might have lost a step and there's a hot shot rookie that you can't keep out of the lineup so even with a, a you know a consistent team like Winnipeg or a team that doesn't have a whole lot of turnover there's still going to be things that happen in the next few weeks that uh, lead up to the season opener that are going to be pretty compelling storylines here in training camp. I was thinking you know, as of a week ago, that probably the best battle was going to be at kicker. But now with Castillo coming in, does that maybe lessen the drama, or do we still think that that's a spot to watch? I think it's a spot to watch for a couple of reasons, uh, and and one of the main ones is Sergio doesn't really punt that much. So now the question becomes: Do you split the chores? Do you try to get Sergio to punt, or do you you know you want like Mark Leggio for all the criticism of him last year? hit 82% of his field goals, uh, you know, had, had a decent punting average. It was decent on kickoffs. So he did all three. If uh, you go away from Mark, then you're probably going to have to have two people to handle the three chores, the punting, the place kicking, and the kickoffs. And you've got a lot of candidates in camp. You've got guys that just place kick, guys that just punt. Um, and so that will be very interesting because if you do replace Mark Leggio, 
it's going to be with two people, and that means there's a roster spot lost somewhere else. And and that really is always a, a consideration when a when a coaching staff is putting together their team. There's no doubt Sergio Castillo was such a huge part of that 2021 Grey Cup win when right. they they needed him to come in. Mark Leggio and Ali Mortada were not getting the job done in the place kicking game. It's just it would be in, in the Bombers' perfect world. It would be ideal if Leggio could do it. Because then, A, you have only one person doing it, and we saw with Justin the Justin Medlock days, the glory days, that right. you have one person doing it. All it frees up a roster spot, simply put. And it's a Canadian at the same time, so that would be the perfect world. But, and it's a big but, if you can't get the job done, well, then you have to look somewhere else, right? Absolutely. So that's what's going to be interesting about this, because, you know, ultimately, we can go through the preseason games here and into the regular season. If it's Mark Leggio, he doesn't get judged necessarily by what happens in the first game. You know, what happens if he goes two for two? It's about, you know, the faith that a team has in its kicker. And, and ultimately that's decided in key moments in a game or, the, you know, you need a winning kick at the end of a game to, 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 to get the W. Or, and then in the playoffs, we saw that last year. You need to have faith in your kicker to get it done. You mentioned Sergio and what he did in 2021. He kicked five field goals in that great cup game in swirling conditions. And, that's the kind of uh, production that, you know, he wins you over the locker room, you know, which is the most important thing, more than the fan base, as much as that might be painful to some. Kicker's got to get it done, and when he does consistently, like Medlock did, as you said, the glory days, then then there's so much faith that the team has in him, and I think that's what Mark Leggio's got to try to reestablish. But now looking over his shoulder at a guy like Castillo's got it done so often, so... I think it's still a juicy storyline, but it, you know you'd have to say that Castillo is the front runner now. I was looking at some of the other positions. Quarterback, obviously, that Kolaris is there. Drew Brown has looked good as a backup, but they need a third guy, don't they? Yeah, that's uh, that's another storyline to kind of watch during camp, Christian. It's a real good point. In the last couple of years, even people will remember Dakota Prukop and then Chris Strebler before him ran that uh, short yardage package. So and Sean McGuire. And Sean McGuire too. You're right. Ran that uh, that package so effectively. Yeah, you're right, McGuire, I think, tied for the league lead in touchdowns the year he was doing it. So they want someone that can, you know, Drew Brown is uh, is the sort of the number two quarterback, but I don't think you want him running short yardage because he's not as big as some of the other guys they've had in town. So, And, and the players that they've brought in, uh, Billy Hall, Josh Jones, um, uh, Cooper Callis, if you look at their Tyrell Pigrome, they, if you look at their um, their credentials, they've all got really high rushing totals, and that says something to me that they went after a specific type of quarterback for that number three spot, someone that can run that short yardage and not just plow forward behind the center for the first down, but be someone that could threaten the edge and and you know keep that package that they've run so effectively alive again. Running backs: Brady Oliveira, Johnny Augustine, Greg McRae, pretty set there, right? Yeah, and they really like Jonathan Rosary, the kid from Alberta that they drafted. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot about Tazan Henry, uh, but he had really good con- uh, college credentials. So it, it's it's Brady's job to, to keep right now because he had such a s- strong second half of the season. But there's a lot of options there, too, for depth behind him. With receiver, again, pretty stacked. Kenny Lawler, Rashid Bailey, both with the team again. Nick Dembski, Drew Wolitarski, Dalton Schoen, Brendan O'Leary, Orange, Carlton Agadosi, who had that quick flash of brilliance before he got hurt. Janarian Grant, and then a number of players, either practice roster or potential, you know, young players. And then 
Michael O'Shea Jr. signed yesterday to uh, to come and take part in training camp. Uh, on the topic of O'Shea Jr., who's I'm sure going to be a pretty big topic tomorrow when camp opens, uh, is, what was your reaction to that signing? Well, hey, it's you know if you look at his numbers too from his days at the Okanagan Sun, he's a two-time All Canadian. One as a receiver, one year as a receiver, one year as a returner. Um, you know, the team needs depth in training camp, especially at the Canadian position. They did uh, draft Jeremy Murphy, an all-Canadian out of Concordia. But after Dembski and Wolitarski, you've got Brendan O'Leary-Orange and then Murphy, who they drafted. So that's only four Canadians. It didn't surprise me that they added another Canadian. It just so happens that it's the coach's son. It's, you know, it's not like he's not doesn't have the credentials. They're certainly there. So it's going to be right. It's going to be a, a talker tomorrow and then, Maybe after that, we can just settle in and see whether uh, Michael O'Shea can get it done and, and, and earn a spot on special teams or uh, as, as a backup. But uh, he's going to be in tough company because Brendan O'Leary-Orange really had a good season last year as the backup. And I know that they really like Murphy, the kid out of Concordia that they drafted. But depth is never a bad thing to have uh, when a training camp starts. And that's what Michael O'Shea is right now as we start t- tomorrow morning. Uh, on the offensive line, again, in terms of trying to find jobs, there's really not much available, especially this O-line that's been so set with the likes of Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick, Pat Newfeld for years, Jeff Gray and Chris Kolonkowski making up that starting five. So if you're a, a young man showing up to rookie camp tomorrow for uh, part of the offensive line, what's what's your goal tomorrow then? It's a good question because, uh, you know, it's really deep. You know, you've got Liam Dobson and two Eli who's back after sitting out a year, two more Canadians. I think if you're a new face, um, you better not go on the website and check out the credentials of the guys you're trying to replace. Just put your head down and try to get it done because it's, you're right. You can pencil in a bunch of those. You can write a bunch of those guys in an ink as starters on the depth chart because I don't think a whole lot's going to change there. And there's depth. So uh, there's a lot of bodies in camp. This is, again, what you do in camp so that people don't get worn out. But, boy, that's going to be a tough position group to try to wedge your foot into. Uh, Let's go to the defensive side of things before we let you go. On the defensive line, Jackson Jeffcoat, Jake Thomas, Willie Jefferson, they're obviously set there in those spots. They like the first-round pick, Anthony Bennett. Uh, The reality is if you're getting into that spot, maybe a spot or two where you're probably going to be playing mostly special teams, but maybe get into the rotation if something happens, right? That's right. And then the only spot that might be a starting spot that might be up for grabs is the one vacated by Casey Sales and Ricky Walker, who dressed for, I think, a dozen games last year, would be the leading contender there. There's a couple other imports too, but again, uh, like a lot of other spots on this roster, that D-line's pretty stacked. In the linebacking core led by Adam Bighill, the hope that Kyrie Wilson is, is back at 100%. Just just on Wilson, that his return, it, that's got to be a nice boost for that unit, right? It, it really is. And, you know, Malik Clements did a good job filling in for him last year. But Kyrie Wilson, I keep saying it, he's, and maybe after a while it's not true anymore, but he's one of the more underrated guys in the league. And last year he was among the CFL tackle leaders when he blew out his Achilles a month into the season. So if he's back to 100%, that's just more depth there. And, um, you know, they drafted a kid in Max Charbonneau from Ottawa who they like. There's another guy, Barrington Wade, who's been in the NFL that they like. So, Again, another group that's tough to crack, but uh, who knows? Somebody might pop off the page here in the next couple of weeks at camp.
And then finally, defensive backs. They the last couple of years they had so many DBs at camp, but right. I feel like there's just there's a lot of veterans now, are there not? Yeah, you know, this is a funny one, Christian, because every year the secondary seems to uh, undergo so much change and they just keep finding pieces to replace guys. So it, it's a little bit more stable when camp opens this year because if you remember last year, Brandon Alexander was going to need what turned out to be more than half the season to recover from knee injury. So he's back. You've got Dietrich Nichols, who might be the best defensive player in the league, Winston Rose, Desmond Lawrence, who looked so good at the end of last year. Um, and then a bunch of guys who, who really had solid years in their first season. You know, Jamal Parker, I think, can really be a player. Evan Holm could be a player. Demario Houston was really solid before he got hurt. Uh, you know, there's, there's, again, a lot of talent there, a lot of depth. The one piece that got away was Terrell Fords now with the Green Bay Packers, the Canadian kid out of Waterloo. But they kind of made up for that by, uh, you know, signing a couple of free agent Canadians and then drafting a couple in, in Brett, Mc, uh, Brett McDougal, and I'm going to I'm drawing a blank here on the other one, uh, but a couple Canadians that they drafted in the draft um, last last week that they're they're really high on, that gives them Canadian depth too. So there's a lot of pieces there to choose from, and that just seems to be a storyline that hap- that goes uh, with this team every year. Did you mention Jake Kelly? Jake Kelly, that's the one. You're right. Yeah, drafted to, to be a safety, ideally, for this team. Well, I'd appreciate your time. Thanks for the uh, the in-depth help with this, and have fun at training camp, or rookie camp, I should say, tomorrow with training camp starting on Sunday. Yeah, I appreciate it, Christian. Thanks for having me on, man. Have a good night. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. Come on, and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your disrespect.